Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. I'm just really excited about what we're doing over the next couple of years as a movement. But even for this church, you know, I'm really excited about what God is doing here. Uh, you know, we are busy at work planning and organizing things. Uh, this week was really busy. I just get the impression quite often that, that life is busy. Um, I got back from Queensland on Friday night and I saw my kids Saturday morning. I said to them, how was your week? They said, oh, dad, it was so busy. How many of you know, like when your kids say that they're busy, they're including the Xbox, they're including TV watching and all the rest of this stuff, you know? And I said to my son, I said, hey, I said, you said you're really busy. He goes, dad, I've had a really busy week. I said, well, what did you do this week? He said, oh, well, you know, I, uh, I, was, I was trading Pokemon cards and I was like, uh-huh. And, and, and he said, oh, and I played a lot of down ball and I'm like, uh-huh, you know, and, and, and like he, for him, it's like he's just filling his week with a whole heap of stuff, you know? And so his week was busy with down ball and, and Pokemon and my week was busy with conference and I don't know what you did this week, but I bet you were busy. I bet you were busy. Uh, everyone's busy all of the time. We went to the airport on, uh, you know, Friday afternoon to catch our flight. And they were so busy, our plane got delayed an hour. And so um, there was lots of people in the airport. And you know, when you go to the airport, people are moving quickly. You know what? They're busy. And, uh, and, and so here I am, and I'm, ju- I'm just watching people uh, as they're moving around, not, not in a creepy way kind of in a creepy way and 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 just watching people move and 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 i am just looking at them and and they got everyone's uh intense is probably not the right word but maybe purposeful and everyone's going somewhere and 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 like i said i don't know what you did this week but i bet you were busy because that's what life is like we are always busy and I, i just thought this week you know even though we're all busy i wonder if we're busy filling our lives with the right stuff Did you know that you can fill your life with a whole heap of stuff and you can still be busy, but it's just not, it's not the right stuff. And so I think that, you know, as people that are followers of Jesus, you know, it's, it's so important that we're filling our lives with the right stuff. And I'm going to preach a message to you today called Get Out of the Way. I'm going to read to you out of Philippians chapter three, beginning in verse 12, Paul, the apostle wrote this, and this is what he said. He said, not that I have already obtained this. And when he said this, he was talking about being righteous in Christ, you know. I think, especially if you're here and you're a guest today, and maybe you don't know many Christians, but you should know this, is that Christians really are supposed to be the least self-righteous people on planet Earth because all of our righteousness comes from God. And and, and so we get that by having it credited to us, but we should recognize that. So it's not that we think that we're really good. We just think that he's really good. But just because he gave it to us doesn't mean that we shouldn't work at it. Yeah? Oh, you were pretty quiet about that part. Well, you got to work at this stuff sometimes. And and, and so Paul the Apostle, he says, hey, I I haven't already obtained this. Like I haven't done it all. I'm not already perfect. He says, but I press on to make it my own because I got it from Jesus. But now I actually want to work at this and make it my own. I want to contribute to this as well. I want to become more like Jesus. He said, because Christ Jesus has made me his own because he's adopted us into his family, which is how we got his righteousness in the first place. It says in verse 13, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do. Everyone say one thing. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind 
and straining forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think like this. So what I want to do today is then take this message and kind of walk backwards through it. You know, like beginning at the end. It's a really good idea oftentimes to begin with the end in mind. Because if you begin with the end in mind, it kind of tells you along the way what you're supposed to be doing. So what do we do? Well, it, it's, it's good to start with a goal. You've got to have goals in life, you know. You've got to sort of plan out where you're going or you could end up anywhere, you know. Like you think about it like this. If you have a business and you don't have any goals, how would you know if you were being successful? Like you wouldn't know because you don't have any goals. If you don't have any goals, what are you aiming for? If you're not aiming for anything, you'll never know if you hit them along the way. So what you got to do is have some goals so that you know if you're successful. Oftentimes when people start businesses, they don't make a lot of money for the first couple of years. So to have goals is good because then you know if you're achieving the right thing along the way. How many of you know that it's so important that we know that we're doing the right things along the way as we go? Like think about it like this. When, when people play sport, right, you got to have a goal. Why, why do we have a goal? So we know who's winning. And then we have a scoreboard, but all the scoreboard does is record all of the goals. And it just helps us know that we're tracking in the right direction. If you play basketball, there is a basketball ring and you've got to get the ball in the ring. If you play football, you've just, it's pretty simple. You've just got to kick the ball through the middle posts, right? Now everyone gets this except for North Melbourne. Apart from them, everyone else understands this. So you're meant to kick it through the middle. You get more points that way. Again, North Melbourne don't understand this. So, so you know, we, we know where we're supposed to be kicking. We know where we're supposed to be going. And the scoreboard just records that we're hitting goals along the way. Hey, I wonder about this. Like if you're here today and you're married, I wonder if you actually have a goal for your marriage. You know? It's like if you don't have a goal. Maybe you don't know when you're doing it well. Maybe you don't know when you're being successful at it, you know? If, if you have no goals for your marriage, sign up for Alpha Marriage. You do that after the service today. I think that would be a great idea because it's nice to know that you're headed in the right direction. You don't just get there by accident, you know? Like, it's, you got to be intentional about how you live sometimes. You know, when I'm on a date night with, with Sarah, one of the questions that I ask her, and I do, I try to ask her this regularly. I say, sweetheart, is there anything that I could be doing better as a husband or a father? And she has a pre-prepared list <laughs> that she gives me. Not true. That's not true, right? She, you know, I always ask her that question and she sort of almost rolls her eyes like, oh, why do you do this to me? It's a date night. We're supposed to be enjoying it, you know. But, but the thing is, you know what? I ask her that question because, you know what? I just want to know that I'm tracking well, you know. I, I, I want to know that I'm, I'm, I'm serving my family well. And so I ask her, all right, so that's just marriage. Let me ask you another question. Some of you are like, I'm not married. Okay, cool. What about your life? You have a goal for your life? Do you know where you're headed? Do you know what it's all about? Because if you don't know what it's all about, you could just be aimlessly heading in the wrong direction. And you don't want to get to the end and realize that you should have been doing a whole heap of other stuff along the way. Now, all of you are busy. Everyone's busy. But if you're not filling it with the right activity, 
it's going to lead you in a different direction. It's important to have a goal. Here's what the Apostle Paul said. He said, I press on towards the goal for the prize. There's a prize if you have the right goal. You've got to have the right goal, but if you do, there's a prize. Now, what's the prize that you get? Now, everyone's interested in this part. I want to know what the prize is. I want to know what I get if I live my life the way that God's asked me to live. Okay, here it is for you. Number one, you get blessing in this life. Is that good? Okay, four people thought it was good, but for everyone else, it is. And, and th- then the other thing is this, you get bl- blessed in the life that's to come. Did you know that? Did you know that if you live the life that you're supposed to live here, you actually transfer stuff to there. You set it on, send it on a- ahead of you. You can't take anything that you've got with you to there, but if you live the right life, you can start to store stuff there for when you get there. And I just think that, you know, it's important to have the right goal so that you know what you're doing with your life. You want a reward in heaven. The goal cannot be to just make it to heaven. Oh, I hope that's not your goal. You know, like if your life has no purpose, no direction, and you're thinking, you know what, if I can just make it there, can I just tell you that you're just settling for a life that's just far below what God wants for you? And I'll tell you this, you're going to have a lot of time on your hands because you don't actually have to do a lot to get there. Do you know why? Because Jesus did it for you. So you're saved by grace through faith in Jesus. So you don't actually have to do a lot to get there. Just believe in Him, right? And put your faith and your trust and genuinely put your hope in Him. If you do that, there's enough grace to get you from here to there. But boy, I hope that's not your goal. Is just to make it there. That can't be the goal. There's got to be something more than that. You know, when you you get to heaven, this is an incorrect statement. You'll know why in a minute. But but you're going to live like a bazillion, zillion, zillion years there. All right? You're going to live there forever. So it kind of makes me think that it's important to think about the kind of life that we're going to live when we get there. And if you think about this in terms of an investment, it's worth investing your very short life here so that you can enjoy your very long life there. Do you know, are you with me this morning? You understand what I'm saying? So you've got to be, start to begin with the, with the right goal. And I, I wonder if you were to look at all of the activity in your life. Like I said, I won't ask you. Are you busy? Because I already know the answer. I just wonder if you're busy with all the right stuff that will lead you closer to the goal that God has for your life. It's worth thinking about. It's worth thinking about. No one is, um, no one is making you live this life the way that you're living it now. No one. No one's making you live this way. Unless you're here and you're like a teenager or you're a small child and you're like, my parents do, but even then, you get to choose how you respond to it. You know, there are going to be times in life where people are going to pigeonhole you and put you in a position where you don't feel like you've got any choices. You always got a choice because you can choose how to respond to even the terrible stuff that happens in your life. You've got choices. No one's making you choose this choice. No one's forcing you to live the life that you're living. It's just you. You're, you're making that decision. And let me tell you why this is important. If you know that God's got a goal for your life, the only one in the way of the life that God wants for you is you. The only one that gets in the way of that is you. See, I think that God wants to speak to people today. And I'll tell you this right now. 
For some of you, you're not sure if you can hear the voice of God. I tell you right now, that is not true. Because God will still want to lead you and direct you and guide you. If you're here today and, and you don't know Him, oftentimes He's going to guide you through your conscience. I'll tell you this, when I was far from God, I remember one morning, far from God, had no relationship with Him, haven't spoken in a long time, and God began to direct me to a church where my family were. I literally did a U-turn to get there, but I had no idea where I was going. I turned down a series of random streets to end up at a church that I didn't know existed. I saw a cross. It wasn't a mosque. I thought that fulfilled all of my criteria. I'm like, it looks like it has something to do with Jesus. So I'm going to go in there, right? I went in there, opened the doors, go into the building. There's my family sitting in that church. I had no idea that they were there. Is that chance? No. I must have been listening to something, but the whole time I was listening, I never knew it was Him. I tell you this truth. Even if you think you don't know how to speak to God or hear from Him, He finds a way to speak to you and communicates to you in a way that you will understand Him. Why did God do that for me? I'll tell you why. Because He had a goal for my life. He had a goal for me. How many of you know that God has a goal for your life? Did you know that? God has a goal for your life. How, How many of us also feel like sometimes God could improve His communication skills to us about that goal? Like, I don't know where he's leading me. I don't know what's coming next. You know, like, I mean, if you look in the Old Testament, God has the capacity to get a donkey to speak to someone about which way he should go. I just figured if he can make a donkey talk, he could make this really easy for me too, you know? Like, I don't know about you, but I I wish that in the morning I could get up and just look at my phone and SMS God and say, I'm up. And he's like, great, while you're here, let me just tell you a couple things to help you out in your life this week. Don't take stud road. You know it's going to be busy, you know, and and, and this is what you're going to do today. And this is who you're going to meet today. And this is how I'm going to improve your life. Wouldn't it be cool if you could just get an SMS and it would be sent to you and you could read it. And if you, as soon as you read it, you know what you're supposed to be doing. Would that be handy for you? Have you ever done this? Have you ever sent an SMS to somebody? And I don't know if it works this way with all phones. I have an iPhone you know, because I'm saved and I love Jesus, okay? So, so, so I have an iPhone, right? And I don't know if it works this way with a, with a Samsung. But, but when you... It does? All right. So when, so when you send an SMS, right, and you've just sent it, when the person reads it, Have you seen that you can see them reading it? You get like a little bubble down the bottom and it's got three dots. That's called an ellipsis. And the ellipsis means there's more to follow, like there's more coming. So you send the SMS, you see that the person you sent it to is reading it and you've asked them a question and then it disappears. And you look at that and you think, what's wrong with you? I know you read my message. You don't have a read receipt, but I saw the ellipsis and I know that you read it. I saw a little speech bubble. And then for some of you that are overthinkers, you start to replay the last conversation you had with that person in your head saying, wow, I wonder if I offended them. Like, have I said something wrong? Why would they just read my message and not respond to it? You know, that if surely if they've read it, they'll do something about the message that I've sent to them. Have you ever had that experience? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if God feels like that sometimes, you know? Yeah, because uh, he's given us a message. 
And when you read this, there's supposed to be more that follows. But sometimes you read it and you know what it says, but there's no action attached to what you've read. There's nothing that begins to follow. Now God sees that you've read it. He's like, I know you read it. I know you saw it. How come you're not necessarily living out the things that I put in there? I know that you got my message, you know. I wonder if God ever feels like that. I wonder if you've ever thought that God told you to do something and then you began to overthink it or talk yourself out of it to the point where you just didn't even do it. You got the message, you read it, but there's no action attached to that. Now, when this happens, let me tell you, when God gives you a message, it's an indication that there is a goal attached for this part of your life. And if you don't do anything about what the message says, then you are moving further away from God's plan for your life. And the only person that's making that decision is you. In other words, you are the one that's getting in the way of the goal for your life. You're just getting in your way. You're tripping over your own feet. You're the one that's in the way of where God is wanting to lead you into your future. Now, if you're here today, you're new, you don't come to church very often and, and, and you're sitting and listening to this. I, man, I already know God's plan for your life. I already know what His first goal is for you. His first goal is for you to give your heart and life to Him. To just say, hey, I've made some mistakes. Just be honest with yourself. I've made some mistakes and I, yep, all right, well, I shouldn't have done it. Now I'm going to ask for forgiveness in my life and I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. That's, that's God's goal for you, Okay. Now, if you're here today and you are a Christian and you do go to church regularly, what does God want you to do next? Well, it's pretty simple, actually. He just wants you to hear. And there's lots of ways that you can hear. You can hear when you pray. You can hear when you read. He just wants you to hear. And then you're ready for it. Hold on to your hats. He wants you to obey. Yeah, it's a pretty simple life. Like just, just hear His Word and, and then obey it. You know, and if you, if you do both of those things, if you hear his word and then you obey it, you are actually meeting the overarching goal for your life, which is to become more like Christ. See, that's really what God wants for you. And Jesus modeled this so well. In fact, when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, right before he was led to the cross, he said, is there any other way to achieve the same goal and outcome here today? And God says to him, there is not. And he said, okay, well, not my will, but your will. There are going to be times when the message that you hear does not necessarily sit well with you. There are going to be times when what God says to you, it profoundly challenges you to be bold. And you can hear Him, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you've got the courage to obey Him. That's what God's looking for. We theme this year, be bold. You know why? Because God's going to speak to people this year. And God wants people to step out from where they are this year. And I know that sometimes people are hearing, but maybe just struggling with the obeying side. You read the message. There's meant to be more that follows, but it just doesn't happen. And there's lots of reasons for this. There's lots of reasons why people struggle to obey what God says. You know, I should add this as well. You know, Jesus says, uh, you'll love me when you, you, you obey me because you love me. You know, he says that. If you love me, you'll obey my commandments. And they're not meant to be, you know, burdensome or weariful. But it's actually meant to give you life. Did you know that? 
And so even though we know that, there are things that, that sometimes have come up in our life that prevent us from being bold or, or being obedient and, and stepping out and doing what God's called us to do. One of those things is discouragement. If you've ever faced discouragement in your life that is attached to stepping out in faith for Him, there is something in the back of your head that says, don't do it again because it didn't work out last time. You're discouraged. Sometimes you might be disappointed. Just disappointed with the outcome. Disappointed the way that things worked out for you. For some of you, You've stepped into a season where you believed what you were doing was right, but you ended up disillusioned because you felt like you weren't treated the right way, like God wasn't listening to you, like He set you up almost, you know? You can start to look back and start to have this distrust with Him. Let's call that doubt. And you start to doubt that if you step out again, that it's going to be any better than last time. Discouragement, disillusionment, disappointment, doubt, all of it. It starts to creep into your life. And, and when you have enough of that that stacks up, right, it begins to be difficult to step out and obey everything that God's called you to do. So if I ask you right now, are your lives busy? You say yes, but it's just that they're busy with all the wrong stuff. And then that's a really great excuse too, because you're like, well, where am I going to, where am I supposed to fit this in? Here's a novel idea. Get rid of the other stuff. Because if it's busy doing the wrong stuff, then just chuck that out and re-backfill your life with all the right stuff. And if you do that, now you're actually working towards the goal. And if you work towards the goal at the end of that, that's a prize. A lot of people are interested in the prize. I'm I'm not so sure if they're, Interested in the backfilling of their life with the right stuff that God's called them to do. And so what does the Apostle Paul says? He says, you know, I've had some discouragements. I've had some disappointments in life. Things have not always worked out for me. And this is what he says in this passage. He says, but you know what I do? He says, I strain forward. Like when someone strains forwards, when you strain, it's like you're giving it everything that you can. Paul says, I'm going to give this life. I face disappointment, but I'm going to give it everything I can. I'm going to strain as far as I can to live this life the way that God's asked me to live it. Sometimes it can be a strain, but it's still right. Do you know what it feels like to strain? Okay, nobody does. I'm so glad that you did that because what I want you to do is actually stand up right now, okay? So stand up right now. Some of you, the reason you're in this service is because you missed your alarm and so you missed the early service, right? And you slept through it and you thought, you know what? I'm not going to have a shower today and no one will know. They're about to find out. So, so here is the thing. Like, if you just haven't showered today and you thought it didn't matter, it did. Just, just apologize ahead of time and say, I'm so sorry about this. I'm so sorry about this. I didn't, I didn't know. Okay, so here's what I want you to do, right? I want you to stretch your hands up nice and high. Just, just stretch, strain, strain, stretch up nice and high, right? Now, as I'm looking across this room, first of all, this is the best worship I've ever seen at this church, okay? So this, maybe this is how we're going to start our worship from now on. It's like, just I'll just tell you, all strain and stretch, right? But here's the funny thing, right? Even though I say this, a lot of you are not actually straining. Do you know what you're doing? 
I told you to strain. You think you are, but your arms are bent and you're comfortable, okay? So here's what I want you to do. Make your arms straight. Now really stretch, okay? Really stretch. This is, is that as high as you can go? No, it's not because now what I want you to do is stand on your tippy toes, right? Now, yep. And now everyone just raised another inch, right? Congratulations. That's what it feels like to strain. You can grab your seat for a minute. That last few seconds, that's what it's really like to strain. That's what it feels like to stretch as far as you can. It's kind of funny how a lot of people think, oh, I'm so stretched, I'm so busy, I'm doing, giving it everything I can. It's like, you got room in that elbow. It's not even straight yet. Stretch as far as you can. Paul says, I'm straining. I'm going to give this life everything that I can. I'm going to stretch forward as far as I can go. But he gives us a tip, okay? He gives us a tip. And without this, without this, you cannot strain You cannot move forwards and you cannot hit your goal. He gives us a tip for how to do all of those other things. Now, all of that other stuff we want, but he says, you got to do something first, right? And he even makes it so obvious. In fact, he encapsulates it like this. He says, this one thing I do, that's why I made you say it. So you would know that it was in there. He says, I do one thing. Now I'm going to do all of that stuff, but I'm going to do one thing first. This is what he says. He says, I forget what's behind. That's his tip. And I, I, just, I just forget what's behind. And now if I forget what's behind, I can press on. I can make it my own. I can strain. I can stretch forwards. I can press on towards the prize for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I can do all of that. But the first thing that you need to do, because remember, we're working backwards. Now we're working back to the beginning. Where did Paul start? He says, I start right here before I do anything else. He says, I forget what's behind so I can do the rest of it. Listen to me today. You need to forget your past to step into your future. Some of you are like, that's impossible. I know. Because, you know, when he says the word forget, I don't think what Paul meant was, I want you to delete from your memory banks all the wrong stuff you've ever done and all of the mistakes that you've made and all of the disappointment in yourself and in others and all of the disillusionment of seasons where you stepped out and all of the doubts that you've had. I don't think he's saying that you can delete it. The reason I know that is because Paul still writes about his past. If he really forgot it, then it wouldn't be there. But he does write about it. So what is he saying? Because he's not actually saying... You can delete it from your memory. You know, the truth is a lot of that stuff is always going to be there. But there is a big difference between having it readily available and present in your life and then choosing to forget about it and making a decision to not camp out by it and not 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 resting in it. You don't want to rest in all the stuff that you did. He, Paul says, I make a conscious decision. I'm just going to forget about it, man. I can't live back here. If I live back here, listen, If you want to, you can go back right now, every single one of you, to the deepest, darkest, most disappointing moment for your life. And if you want to, you could camp out by it and get ready for Depression City because you'll begin to get depressed. You become disappointed in yourself, right? And it's not like you don't know that it happened, but you can choose to forget about it. I think that sometimes what you need to do is make a daily decision. You know what? I'm just going to forget about it. 
I can't think about this anymore. Because if I think about this, then I'm going to get down and depressed because I know, I know what I did and I, I don't want to live here anymore. I need to be free of all of that. So if I'm going to walk into my future, I need to forget about it. When Paul says forget about it, he's not trying to be dismissive of it like it doesn't matter. No, that's not what he's saying at all. It's important that we understand that that stuff is significant, but also that Christ died for it. So you can forget what Christ has forgiven. You understand? If he's forgiven you for it, then you can just forget about it and begin to move on. And this is, this is kind of a, a big deal. The Apostle Paul says this, I'm messed up, but I moved on. Some of you have messed up and camped out. Don't mess up and camp out, mess up and move on. I'm not saying make light of it. I mean, this is exactly what Paul says. He says, all right, so I got all my righteousness from Christ, but I'm still pressing on to make it my own. Like, I'm not quitting on this. I'm not just saying I can do whatever I do and who cares? He's saying, no, 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 I press on to make it my own, but you should also know that I don't plan on living where I was. I'm not who I used to be and I'm still growing in who I want to be. And if I can, I'm going to realize that there will be times when I mess up, but I'm also going to move on because I can't live here forever. And when you read this, right, man, this should make a really big impact because Paul was a pretty serious guy. You just think about this for a minute. Imagine if Paul was sitting around with a bunch of guys and they were just talking about, you know, their lives and, 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 and their stories and their testimony. And, and, and Paul's having a pizza and he says, hey, hey, because I don't know anything about your story, like, we're all Christians here. Come on, tell me, what, what, what did you do? You know, what was your life like before you were a Christian following Jesus, right? And the first guy would say, oh, you know what? Man, when I was a, uh, before I knew Jesus, you know, I, 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 my, my big issue, I used to just steal stuff. I stole stuff I didn't need. I just did it for the thrill of it. I knew it was uh, wrong, but I didn't really feel bad about it. And I didn't really worry about it. And like, that was my big deal. And, and you know what the thing is, is that ever since I started following Jesus, all that stuff, I, I feel deeply convicted about it now. And by His grace, like, I'm not doing that stuff anymore. And the other guys would have gone, oh my gosh, that's such a great story. I love your testimony. Hey, what about you? Like, tell me, what, how was your life different after you started following Jesus? Next guy say, oh man, like, and I tell you, my marriage used to be so messed up because I used to think that, that, uh, that my wife was just there to serve me. So I just treated her like a possession and, 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 you know, I never really appreciated her. But I started following Jesus and then I knew that, you know, I had to lay down my life to serve her. And, and, and you know what, I tell you, my life has gotten better ever since I started serving my wife because, you know, I, I just feel happier. She's a lot happier. You know, life is good. I'm so glad I followed Jesus. They'd be like, man, that's so awesome. Ah, oh, great story, great story. Hey, Paul, we don't know much about you. Could you tell us a little bit, bit about your life before you were following Jesus? Paul would be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I remember what it was like before I was following Jesus. I used to kill people. Yeah. Yeah, kill a lot of people, actually. And it felt pretty good about it. They'd be like, what? Are you serious? And he's like, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, before, when I was a, was, when I was a small boy, um, you know, I, I couldn't directly be involved. Uh, it seemed a little inappropriate. So you know what I did? I actually I held all the jackets of the guys that were throwing rocks and stoning people, right? 
And, and, and because I wanted them to know there's nothing worse than trying to throw a, you know, stone somebody, but your jacket's getting in the way. That's uncomfortable. So I was just like, let me help you by holding all you guys. Give me all your jackets. And I just watched them stone people. They're like, are you serious? You're like, you were some crazy kid. He goes, oh, you should have seen what it was like when I was an adult, man. Like when I was an adult, we did everything we could to separate Christian families, right? If I could, I put them in prison. And if possible, oh, if possible, we would kill them, you know? And I wonder about this time people are like, uh-huh. And you're different now, right? Right? Like, like now that we've told you everything that we're Jesus followers, you're different. And, and, and Paul's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Now I'm different. They'll be like, man, that's such a big deal. I used to kill people. Can we just come into agreement today, Bright Church, that it's a pretty big deal to kill people? Yeah? So they would have said, Paul, how are you dealing with it? He's like, dealing with it? Yeah. How do you, how do you deal with something like that in your past? He goes, I would just forget about it. You serious? Yeah. You, you can't just forget about something like that. Oh yeah, no, I can. I actually can. You just forget about it. I can't live back there anymore. He goes, and by the way, if you guys were mature, you'd think this way too. He says it's, it's, it's actually a mature thing to do to forget about what's back there. That's the mature thing to do. You'd say, that sounds pretty immature. You can't just disregard it. Oh, I'm not disregarding it. I just realized that Christ has paid the penalty for it. And if he's forgiven me for it, I'm going to forget about it. Because if I live in this place, I can't, I, I can't move forwards into the future that God has for me if I just camp out by every mistake that I've ever made and every wrong thing that I've ever done. Paul says, I'm not perfect, guys. Come on, I know I'm not perfect. I'm pressing on to make it my own. I'm not there yet, but hey, I'm working at this. I'm, I'm giving it my, my best shot here. I'm, I'm working towards what Christ has already given to me. I'm not perfect. Come on. You know you're not perfect today. You know you're not perfect. Look at the person next to you and maybe don't say it, but just look at them. Like Give them a look like with some sass. Like You know they're not perfect, right? And the married couples can do this the best because they're like... Yeah, we know. We know, right? So, so here's the thing, like, you're not perfect, and, and you know you're not perfect, and they know you're not perfect, and everyone knows that they're not perfect, right? So once you understand that, now you've got to start to move forwards and live again. Mistakes happen. They do happen. But if you can't move forwards, you'll probably repeat them in your future because you can't break free of it. It just doesn't make sense. I, I, I thought it would be easier if I actually just demonstrated this for you to understand. So here's what I need this morning. I just need two people to help me out, right? And the first person I need is someone that is completely innocent that can represent the righteousness of Christ, right? So I need somebody, all right? I I don't know. Oh, yeah, right. Let's go with that. Clive. (laughs) Clive, come up. All right, put your hands together for Clive. All right. Now I need somebody that can represent like a lot of baggage, a lot of weight, a lot of sin stuff. Who could do this really well? Zach, you would be great at this. Uh, come on. So Zach's here. Put your hands together for Zach. So Clive represents all of the righteousness that we have in Christ and the full direction of where we want to go, the fullness of Christ. Amen. God bless. Right? Zach, right? Zach represents all of my baggage. Okay. So, so this is kind of how this works when it, when it comes to your relationship with Jesus. Now, if you don't know Jesus, this is what your life is going to be like. Now, I just want you to hold me. 
like really hold on tight, right? And get a good grip. You're a lot stronger than Dave won. Mm. So he did this this morning, right? So this is what it's like when sin clings to you. Because you know what says that, right? Like sin will cling to you. And you're like, well, I want to be free. And I'm trying to move. Come on, get some, get some, get some. Okay, oh, there we go. See, I, I want to be free, but I can't. I'm trying to move in the right direction, but I can't do it anymore. Why? Because sin has ensnared me. It's trapped me. It's hold me. So the first thing that you need, God's goal for your life, is to give your life to Jesus. Because you know what happens after that? Jesus comes and he sets you free from the power of sin that's on your life. Isn't that awesome? Come on, give God some praise this morning, right? So now... The good news is, is that I've been set free. Amen? Isn't that good? Right? But here's what some people do. They've actually prayed the prayer. They've been set free. The problem is they love sin. So now they're holding on to it. Does this make you feel uncomfortable? A little bit. Okay. A little bit. That's the right answer, by the way. Yeah. So now I'm... I'm holding on to him. I'm holding on to my sin and I don't want to let it go. Why? Because I actually love it and I'm free. But the reason I can't move forwards is because I'm staying in stuff I know I shouldn't be staying in, right? And this is one of the reasons why people don't experience freedom because they're holding on to their sin. You know, the other reason why people don't experience freedom is because even though they're here and even though they're free and even though their sin doesn't hold them, they're too afraid to live free and to step out and they camp out by their disappointment and their disillusionment and their frustration and their doubts and their fears. And because of this, they say, I don't, God, I don't know if I can trust you again. I'm just going to stay right here. So I'm free. I know I'm free, but I'm not living free. But I can't do it. I can't do it again, God. I can't. I just can't risk it again. I don't know what will happen if I do. If I do, I'll be so disillusioned. I don't know what would happen to my faith. So I'm going to just stay right here. How many of you know that this is a bad place to stay? You can't stay here. So you know what you got to do. You're free, but now you got to let go. You got to let go. And so if you were going to live the life that God has for you and follow the goal that He has, right? You would just now turn around. And to make this extra biblical, I would call what I just did repentance because that's what that means. I was facing one direction, but now I'm facing another. And I see the Filipino version of the righteousness of Christ standing before me, looking very good and very sharp today. And now what do I do? Well, I take a step towards it. Am I perfect? Am I perfect? I'm, I'm pressing on. Am I perfect? I'm not perfect. I'm pressing on, right? You know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life? I'm going to press on until I can make it my own. And maybe I'll never get there. And maybe I'll never obtain the perfection of Christ. Well, actually, I guarantee I won't do that. But, but here's my point. I'm going to give it everything that I can. And I've got to let go of where I was to embrace where I want to be. You understand? Come on, give these guys a hand as they grab their seats. You know, here's the thing. You know what's getting in the way up there? Just me. Because the gospel is actually paved the way. I've just got to walk that way. See, the only thing that gets in the way of me and where I want to be is me. And as soon as you realize that, you can actually let go of where you are and start to move forwards to where God wants you to be. You know, Paul the Apostle was an amazing guy. I mean, gosh, he's written so much of the New Testament. He wrote Scripture. We read it in churches today. But at the end of the day, he's just a guy that was saved 
by the grace of Jesus. Saved by the gospel. He's just a guy. He's an apostle and he's impressive, but he's not perfect because he just said it. So we shouldn't actually necessarily elevate Paul and say, wow, like he was, it wasn't even close to perfect. He's pretty open about it, right? He wasn't close to perfect. You're not close to perfect and neither am I, right? This is the thing you need to understand. Before you are anything else in life, husband, business owner, son, daughter, you are first a Christian. You gotta be, because that's ground zero. And that thing lays the foundation for all the blessing that God would bring into your life. Because if you don't deal with it, right, you'll be forever here, trapped, wanting to break free, but not being able to. You got to first give your life to Jesus. Now you're free. I get it. But start to walk it out. Start to live it. Don't camp out by your fears, your failures, your frustrations, your disappointment, your disillusionment, your doubts. Don't camp out by that stuff anymore. You say, I got to forget about that so it can start to move forwards into this. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, And we all with unveiled face. Unveiled face. He's actually talking about Moses in the Old Testament. See, in the Old Testament, when Moses came face to face with the glory of the Lord, his face began to shine like the glory of the Lord. So he had to wear a veil over his face because it was so bright that the children of Israel, they couldn't look at it. So he'd wear a veil. He'd be veiled. He says, look around at all of us. Our faces aren't veiled, but we still wear the righteousness of Christ. Listen to what he says. He says, beholding the glory of the Lord. So we see him as he is. We've been transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. From one degree of glory to another. We're being transformed. What's that? That's a work that God wants to do in your life. He says, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. You got to get out the way and let the Spirit have His say in your life. You can't just hold on to the stuff that's in your past forever. There comes a point where you say, I need to break free of this so I can start to move forwards. I know if I take myself back there mentally, I'll remember it, but I don't want to live there anymore. Because if I live there, I'm going to end up in Depression City. And I'm going to be so disappointed that my life is not what I wanted it to be. And that's going to chart a new course for my life. And I'm not going to get very far. Paul says, don't do this. See, God, listen, God wants to transform you. He wants to do it. But if you can't, if you can't move past some previous disappointment, that's, that's not the devil. That's just you getting in the way of your own freedom and future. If someone's hurt you in life and, and you are struggling to forgive them, that's, that's not the devil. That's, that's you getting in the way of your own freedom for your own life, for your future. If you look back at your life and you see the stuff that you've done and you know it's a mistake, you know what's wrong, right? But you can't forgive yourself and move past that. That's not the devil. That's just you getting in the way of your own future. You know why I say that? Here's why. Because the devil can't stop you following and he can't stop you forgiving. So if there's a problem here, it's just you. No one's making you live this life the way that you're currently living it. 
You can make a change today. The scriptures say that His mercies are new every morning. There's an opportunity for that today. I want you to do this. Why don't you stand to your feet? Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.